and uh, just they were never uh, paying attention, always, you know, getting in trouble. Well, you know, they're all grown now and have kids. Uh, and uh, it wasn't too awful long ago, a number of years ago, I was at a funeral and one of them came up to me uh, with big tears in his eyes. And he said, I want you to know that what you did and yeah, uh, in, in our lives, even though you didn't think we were listening, we were listening. And, and I appreciate what you've invested in my life as a young person. He said, today I'm over in my church family. He said, I'm over the junior high boys. I went, yeah, God has a sense of humor. Hallelujah. And so, uh, but you know, I just, that, it's just great to know that you make a difference in people's life. And only when we get to heaven, Beverly and I were talking about some things that we've done in our life and, uh, I mentioned Agua Resources, you know, and and how blessed we've been to be able to part of that. And, and uh, you know, I, I said, you know what? We don't know how many kids' lives we've saved, literally, because they don't get sick with waterborne diseases. It's just we won't know when it'll get to heaven because Jesus said, if you give a cup of cold water to one of these, mine, you, you've given it unto me. And so we've, uh, you know what? Heaven's going to reveal a lot. And so... Uh, I pray that when we get there, uh, we will have modeled, mentored, and multiplied. Uh, and so, but I said this, when it comes to the priority of God for the church, that is making disciples and fulfilling the Great Commission, I said most people, most believers are oblivious to the obvious. That, that We just, in, in our own little world, and we're oblivious to the obvious. This is obvious. Go into all the world and make disciples. And so, with that in mind, I said, our Wednesday night format, we need a revelation in order to fulfill the Great Commission. We need our eyes opened. We need to understand some things. We need to realize some things in our life. And when you look at the Scripture, you'll see Paul and Timothy and and the church, they, they had revelations of Jesus in their life. And, and they had a revelation of the purpose of God. Uh, look at somebody next to you and say, we need a revelation to fulfill the Great Commission. We need a revelation. Man, the world's going to hell. Did you realize that? And so we need some insight. And so that's kind of, and, and you know me how I sermonize. Uh, here's kind of our outline. This is where we've been. I said this, as disciples, in order to make disciples... We must realize, everybody say realize. Realize means to become fully aware of. See, the church is oblivious to this. Otherwise, we'd all be in full bore mode, doing everything we can to fulfill the Great Commission. I'm so glad I have friends who who keep me somewhat uh, on point with this. Uh, you know, Dr. Shibley is one. He has a He has a burning passion to see the whole world, uh, the gospel preached in all the world and people born again. Uh, and, uh, and I think he's fully aware of that. And I, I don't know that I always am. Uh, but we must realize that we must be, here's some in, important ingredients to be uh, fulfillers, if you will, or disciple makers. The first one was we must realize we must be euthanized. Everyone say euthanized. I, what does that mean? I mean, that means being what? Put to what? Death. Uh, the death of my will, the death of my, my plan, the death of what I want and the, and the birth, if you will, and the, and the revealing of God's purpose and plan in our life to be disciple makers. And so, uh, we see that all through scripture, especially the New Testament. Paul said, I die daily. Uh, and, uh, 
And so we died, and Jesus died before he died. Did you know he died before he died? He died to his will. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Uh, and Josh actually shared that word. Uh, and because I, for some reason, I don't know if I, I had it all together and then I had to be gone. I can't remember. Uh, and then I came in on the next week and gave you the next one. We must be synthesized. And I tell you what, this word kind of come alive in me. It means a combining of different elements into a coherent whole. Uh, and that's the church. All of us from all different, you know, backgrounds and walks of life. You see the first century church and it being birthed there in Acts. What was it? It was a hodgepodge of different people from different towns and regions and, 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 and languages coming together. And God said, that's the way I want the church to look. And, and so we've got to become synthesized. We can't be, we can't be loners. We can't be self, uh, independence and, and self-sufficient. We, we're, we're better together. We should be interdependent upon one another. Uh, and we'll, we'll see that again tonight in a different way. So, uh, man, I think that the devil has tried to desynthesize the church, separate us and bring schism. And then the next one, Jim shared, uh, we need, we, we, we must realize that we have been authorized, that we have authority. If you go to Matthew 28, 18, all what? Authority has been given unto us. And you know, that's the, the Greek word, uh, uh, exousia, which is like the badge on the, sh on the sheriff's chest. He has authority. We have been authorized. And so the Great Commission, we've been, he said all authority has been given to, uh, to God and, you know, and Jesus in heaven and earth, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto him. And how many of you know he gave that to us? We have been deputized and authorized. Everybody say authorized. And then last Wednesday night, Michael came in. Uh, you know, we had a, we skipped a Wednesday because, you know, we all hunkered down for, for the, the storm. Uh, and, you know, in the devastation, we're still reeling from the effects thereof. Uh, and so we, I was scheduled to be gone and Michael was going to speak. And so well, then we were all gone. And so, uh, uh, then, so last Wednesday he came in, came in and, and talked about the fact that we must in our thinking and our heart become globalized. We've got to think about the whole world. We've got to impact the world however we can. And God cares about the whole world. Amen. You know, when I travel the world and I'll be in Haiti in a few, uh, in a month or so, uh, you know, he loves Haiti. Uh, he loves Mexico. He loves all the, all the little children of the world. And when I see all the little kids, man, uh, God loves them all. Uh, you, you know, red and yellow, black and white, they're all precious in his sight. And, you know, uh, uh, we've got to catch a vision to be a, a part of the world. And where, where did, where did Jesus say, Going into all the world began. Acts one eight. He says, "When you receive power, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That was home. Judea, that's down the road. Samaria, that's across the way, if you will. Uh, Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. And then he said, the uttermost parts of the earth. And so they received the Holy Spirit, and then they became in their hearts globalized." And just a little foundation there, they got so excited about the local church that persecution had to come 
and remind them that they needed to go. And so there was a scattering into all the world. It's interesting. Uh, and so tonight I'm going to finish off this little, uh, you know, um, uh, word, play on words with one that is certainly important. We must realize that we, in order to fulfill the Great Commission, we must be weaponized. We've got to have the weapons of our warfare at hand. How many of you know making disciples is a battle? Embracing, here it is, look at this statement, embracing the responsibility or the command and the call of God uh, to fulfill the Great Commission brings with it an automatic resistance uh, and, and attack, if you will, from the principalities and the powers of darkness. Because fulfilling the Great Commission is robbing uh, people from the kingdoms of darkness. How many of you know that's what God's called us to do? In fact, the Bible says he brought us out of the kingdom of darkness and put us into the kingdom of what? Of his dear son in the kingdom of light. And so it is, hey, fulfilling the great commission is a battle. There's warfare. And I have to say to you that I, 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 I'm a little out of sync, I think, in my spiritual warfare. I think I need to heat it up. I need to gain a fresh insight uh, and a fresh uh, uh, revelation. I need some focus and realize that, man, there is a spiritual battle going on. You know, when I think about even the prayers that we're praying for our church family, for focus and for friends and, and for finances, could it be that the devil may be at, at hand in our midst and we need to take authority over him and and especially for the Great Commission, I know the devil is trying to stop us and stifle us from being a witness and from being empowered in the Holy Spirit to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, and so we've got to be weaponized. Now, I've got some good news. How many of you like good news? The good news about the good news. There's some good news about the good news. And you know what the good news is about the good news? In the end, what do we do? We win. <laughs> I've read the end of the book. And if you, if you've, uh, uh, if you're in Revelation, you should be. Uh, re it's not Revelations. Everybody say, everybody say, turn to Revelations. It's not Revelation. You know, it's one Revelation. And you know what it really is a revelation of? If you read the first verse or two, it's a revelation of Jesus. And so Revelation 12, uh, it says this, verse 7. Uh, here's here's the good news about the good news. And war broke out in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail. Somebody say amen. amen. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who, de <coughs> pardon me, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, <coughs> pardon me, <coughs> And his angels were cast out with him. And so that, that happened already. Okay. And now catch, he, he speeds up into, uh, into the future. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come for the accuser of our God, uh, uh, for the accuser, Pardon me. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And here's where it speeds into the future. I mean, it goes, it goes right from the fall of, of Satan 
back whenever, to the end of time whenever, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. Thank you, Brent. I appreciate that so much. How many of you been? Bat- I know I got a, t- a few battling chest congestion and and si- that's me, me and Beverly actually, but I'm doing a little better. And so we see a prophetic insight. We win. Everybody say we win. In the end, we win. So that's the good news. But that 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 ought to motivate us to to realize that we have a responsibility to be weaponized. Now, in this verse 11, uh, there's really three elements. I'll look at two, uh, because in order to the, uh, I think, uh, the third one is really a, a kind of the motivation that, that moves us in the first place. It says they overcame him by what? Everybody say the blood of the lamb. How many of you know that's what Jesus did for us? He shed his blood for us. That's his part. He did his part. If he hadn't done his part, we would not be able to do our part. But he did his part. He looked, God looked down from heaven and he realized we're lost, we're desperate, we're, we're hopeless without Christ in this world. You know the story. This is the gospel. He sent his son Jesus, paid a great, pardon me, a great price, shed his blood. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. In other words, we'd still be separated from God. He paid the way. That's what 1 Peter 1 says. We're not redeemed with the blood of bulls and goats uh, and, and things like the, like the Old Testament pictures, but we're redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. Are you with me? Say amen. And so we overcome because of what Christ did. If he hadn't done what he did, we couldn't do what we do. And what he did what he did so we could do what we do. If you read 1 Corinthians 2, I think basically what it says, uh, and we won't need to, go, we don't need to go there. Basically what it says, uh, that because of what he did, you know, there was victory and the, the Bible says, uh, had, had the powers of darkness known what was really going on, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. They would have stopped the crucifixion, but they didn't know. How many of you know God had a plan? He really did. In fact, I forgot what Revelation 7, 14 says, but let me slip over there. I think I know, but let me just read it. And I said to him, sir, you know, uh, hmm, oh yeah, uh, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. I love that. Somebody say, thank God for the blood. Come on, say it again. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. See, the blood of the... How did they overcome the devil? By the blood of the Lamb, because of what Christ did. And us living and moving and having our being because of what He did for us. And then it says, they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb. And here comes our part. And the word of what? Their testimony. That's our testimony. Because we are the church. You see, we are them, we are they. And so we, when, when it says verse 11 and they, did you know God's talking, God talks about you in the Bible? 
Did you know Jesus references you in the Bible? Well, does he call my name? He knows your name. But right here, he's referencing you. And they overcame him, that is the devil, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives unto death. They were, sac- they were sacrificing of themselves for the sake of the cause. Now, notice something about the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. That's a two-part uh, process. It's a team effort to, to win the world to Jesus Christ. It's a team effort to be victorious over the devil in the process of making disciples. It's a battle. And so we've got, we've got to realize that and we've got to engage the enemy and we engage the enemy and we defeat the enemy, not just by saying, I buke you devil, but look what just runs the devil out of town. It's when we speak up and testify about Christ and what he's done for us or when we share the gospel. That, my friend, is the greatest weapon you and I can ever uh, wield against the enemy, is the word of our testimony. Again, a lot of people buke the devil because he's bugging them. Listen, one way to get him uh, uh, off your back is start testifying to a world that is lost and without Christ about the goodness of God. Amen. How many of you work around people that are lost? Anybody got people around you that need Christ? Okay, man, I'm telling you, it's time we open our mouths wide and begin to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me give you some passages of Scripture that just validate. Romans 1.16, you know what Paul said about the gospel? He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the, catch this, the gospel of Christ. That's the word of our testimony. You know, the testimony we have is all rooted and based in the gospel. That is the blood of the lamb, what Christ did for us on the cross, right? These are undeniably linked. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it's the power of God unto salvation. That's how people are born again, by the word of God that comes to them, which is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. When you go to Acts chapter 2, verse 36, in there somewhere uh, in those verses, uh, it says, when Peter was preaching, they were pierced in their heart, and they said, what must we do? They were, they were convicted by the power of the Holy Spirit and also by the power of the gospel, the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, listen... This two punch, this, this one two punch, the blood of the lamb, it's what he did. But here, here's what we do to be victorious over the devil. We share the gospel. We speak up for Christ. In fact, Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4-5, uh, in fact, 4-1, he said, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. This is what God's called us to do. Amen. And then they love not their lives unto death. They realize it's all about him. This is why we're here. It's not about me. It's not about survival. It's about success. Amen. Now, let me give you a bigger picture of the word of our testimony. 
the word of our testimony is empowered by, uh, um, and there's probably more I'm going to share, empowered by the weapons of our warfare. God has given us weapons. Uh, and this twofold, this one-two punch, the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, Christ did what he did. We do what we do, but God has given us things to empower what we say. Are you with me? In fact, uh, in fact, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, we tend to think about that as I've got a weapon of my warfare and I've got strongholds in my life that I need to pull down. But let's get the bigger picture. Uh, the reason uh, God wants us here on the earth in the first place is not just to get the monkey off our back, but to pull down the strongholds of darkness that have, have gripped uh, regions and lands and peoples and nations and tongues and, and powers of darkness. Man, you go into some cultures. I'll never forget the first time I went into Haiti. Uh, man, I just, I, I should have got the Encyclopedia Britannica out or something and read a little bit or Googled it. I don't think Google was in existence. Think about it when I first went to Haiti. But as we were pulling in after dark, I kept seeing these big old ugly dolls heads sticking up in trees and, and, uh, I'm going, man, what? People have got a sick sense of humor. What is that? Well, then I realized finally they educated me. The state religion there, uh, I don't know how it is, is voodoo. They're just they're demonic. I mean, it's just a demonic strongholds. And thank God for people like Jay and Linda Threadgill who have, have shed a light in the middle of darkness. Amen. I mean, I, when we had our big revival outdoors with thousands of people, man, those demons started manifesting when the gospel of God and the power of God began to be made manifest. So, so we have weapons and I want to just mention a few, uh, and, and some of them are kind of repetitive, uh, in the context of these last six weeks. But here we go. The weapons of our warfare. Number one uh, is the word of God. I'm telling you, just like when we saw in Acts two and what Paul said in Romans one, the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and has the power to pierce the darkness, if you will, and, and pierce the hearts of men. And so that empowers, this word uh, is empowers our words. And, and we need to realize that and embrace that. And, and one of the first illustrations that you really see in the New Testament is Jesus when he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, the devil's tempting him. What did he do? He overcame the devil by the word of the Lord. He just didn't say, get behind me, Satan. He said, I rebuke you. Yes, he said those things, but he said, it is written. Somebody say written. Because Jesus knew the power of the written word of God. Some people think, well, do I have to read the Bible? Do I need to read? No, you get to read. It's powerful. It brings victory into our life and overcomes the devil. Somebody say amen. Not only the word of God, but then, of course, and you see this in Acts 1 and Acts 2, the spirit of God. Jesus was very clear with his disciples that he had raised up. Okay, there's a job for you to do to go into all the world and make disciples. But don't go into all the world and make disciples until the Holy Spirit's come upon you. You wait in Jerusalem 
for the promise of the Father. And I quoted this a few moments ago, but he says, once you get the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you'll receive power. Somebody say power. Power to do what? Here we go. Be my witnesses. Power for to back up, if you will, the word of your testimony and the word of God in your life. So so the Word of God empowers the Word of our testimony. The Spirit of God empowers the Word of our testimony. And number three, the faith of God comes along and empowers the Word of our testimony and brings victory over the devil. First John 5, 4, I believe it says this, this is the victory that overcomes the world. And that is the world... All that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. This is the victory that overcomes the world and the devil, even our faith. Everybody say, our faith. See, your faith, God gave you faith, not just to get to your, get, but, 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 God gave you faith, not just to get you to heaven, but to cause you and empower you to be victorious in this life. So that when you speak the word of God, you have faith. When you testify, <coughs> you know why a lot of people don't testify? Most people don't testify and share because they don't trust the power of God's word and they don't have faith in God that he will back up what he said. He said this will overcome the devil. Amen. So these things empower the word of our testimony. And then to re emphasize what Jim shared a few weeks ago, the authority of God. We have been authorized. We have been deputized. It is as though we are his representative and we are, in fact, his ambassadors. We're ambassadors for Christ and we have the authority of Christ in our life. The devil has no authority over us. How many of you know the only authority he has is that which we yield to him? Amen. And then finally, I love this one. It's not only the word of God empowers the word of our testimony and the spirit of God empowers the word of our testimony and the faith of God empowers the word of our testimony and the authority of God empowers the word of our testimony. But I'm going to tell you something, the church of God empowers us. In fact, Matthew 16 which is, uh, uh, pardon me, that should be Mark 16 and then Matthew 28, uh, a little typo there. Mark 16, Mark's insight into the Great Commission. He says this about, about the, the, oh, pardon me. I'm, I'm slipping back into the authority of God. I looked up there and saw Mark 16. Uh, the church of God, Matthew 16. What did Jesus say? He said this, the church that I build, it will be a victorious church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So, so the church of God, the family of faith, God builds a family of faith and that family of faith empowers us. How many of you know there's strength in numbers? We're better together. And God looks down and he sees the church and he empowers us as a church. In fact, it's all, it's not just about us and doing our job. It's about the church, the family of God working together to make the greater God difference, not only in Haiti, but right here in Beaumont, Texas and down the street and across the way. Amen.
the weapons of our warfare. They're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, let me kind of just, let me kind of just, uh, 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 bring a kind of a big conclusion here to this entire series. Once we realize, now, what are we realizing? That we must be euthanized. We must be synthesized. We must be authorized. And we have been. And we must become globalized. And we must be weaponized by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony and the word of God, the spirit of God, the faith of God, the authority of God and the church of God. Once this revelation begins to set up residence in our life about what it takes for us to be those who make disciples and, and do our part to fulfill the great commission, then things begin to happen. Then we can begin to visualize. We start getting vision. Jesus looked at his disciples, and you remember in John 4 where the woman at the well, he ministered to her, and then the whole town came to see. He told his disciples, lift up your eyes and look, for the fields are white unto harvest. Began to see the harvest. Up to that point, they'd just been following and watching him minister, and, and you know, they'd been dealing with food. They were concerned about the, the, the temporal things of life. And, and Jesus gave them vision. They had a revelation of the harvest. We can begin to visualize. And I think we can begin, number two, to capitalize. Once we get this revelation in our heart, uh, you know, Jesus said this in John 9. He said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. In other words, he's, ta- he's making the most of the opportunity that God gives him. And here's what we've got to realize. As we start understanding our responsibility and embracing the call of God to make disciples, he's going to give us many opportunities to, 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 to make a greater God difference. And we've got to capitalize on those moments of opportunity. We don't want to miss our moment. Amen. I thank God that people in my life capitalized on the moments that I had that where I was in, in, in certainly need of a Savior and in need of a touch from God in my life. And then we can begin to strategize and make plans of act. That's what we're praying for. We can get strategy from God. You see, I think the disciples, once they got the power of the Holy Spirit and they had this revelation burning in their heart at Pentecost, they started to strategize. In fact, the Holy Spirit uh, helped them, began to, you know, structure and strategy on, on, on the church, making its greatest God difference. And of course, as the Great Commission says, we can evangelize. You got to have a revelation in order to be able to see the harvest and capitalize on the harvest that's there and find strategy to win the harvest and reach the world and evangelize the world. And I pray our hearts, I pray my heart, I pray your heart today. We would not let this go by the wayside in our life. You know, Jim and Trish, they, they've got a full plate, even though J- Trish is on the way towards retirement. They still got a full plate. How many of you know, uh, you know, retirement just means you change what you do. Uh, and they've got their challenges. You know, Jim's got some physical challenges and so, and even financial challenges with all this, oh man, you know, medical stuff, don't even want to talk about it. Uh, but God, but God amen. And, and you know, in the middle of all of that, they've, they've got the mandate in, in, in the middle of all this 
to make disciples and go into all the world. All of us do. Amen. Hallelujah. The lovebirds in the back have a responsibility. Amen. <laughs> Let me just say to y'all, can I, I'm going to be somewhat prophetic. Listen, there are people in your future that God's going to put in your life, especially as a young married couple, that are so messed up and so confused and scatterbrained, and God's going to use, God's going to give y'all a unique way to influence their life and bring them to Christ. This is, this is, your, your union in a few weeks is much more about God's plan than your plan. Amen. Well, I thought God just brought us together so we could just be sweet and love each other and have 20 kids. <laughs> they looked at me funny there. Hey, it's to make a greater God difference. You're a team. You'll be a team. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, bless the Lord. I'm done. God is good. Let's pray together for our church family one more time. Lord, we just lift up our church family to you that there would be a revelation in their heart. They begin to realize the command and the call of God on their life to make disciples and to go into all the world and make disciples very real. And Lord, give us the tools we need in order to accomplish your kingdom purposes. God, you can do something in a heartbeat. Lord, in one day, the church was born with thousands of believers because disciples yielded themselves to the Lord because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they didn't love their lives unto death. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.